0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack, Haystack Show. Show with Mike
1: Guido. And it is so good to have you here on the Haystack. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Tune Radio SportsRadio.com, Facebook Live, Twitter, Periscope, Spotify, we're everywhere, you're in the right place, number to call, 631-676-2968, that is 631-676-2968, call us up, join the conversation, I'm Mike Guido, he's Evan Mazza, my producer, good to have you in. Here on a Monday. It's a beautiful Monday. Oh, by the finally. Way. Absolutely. Great. I don't even want to be here. Like, it's <laughs> so gorgeous. I'm just kidding. I do. Finally, it's but gorgeous. But my goodness gracious. It's gorgeous. Evan, I hope you had a good weekend. Um, I was here yesterday. Yeah, you, was you was actually were in, here for yesterday. For You're a wrestling for guy. Today. Big, I, big
2: wrestling guy big wrestling big guy. Wrestling. So, yeah see that's why i think that's when I, that's why when anthony and you know, anthony I hope you're feeling better buddy we're all we're all hoping for you. I hope you're feeling better did my my friend yeah we're all
1: look we're and, all medical basket cases here at this network
2: <laughs> but yeah he he, you know i'm a big wrestling fan so when he called me up and said yeah i need you to, you know hey would like for you to cover for me i was like perfect I, i'll no problem yeah, yeah i'll yeah. talk some wrestling i love wrestling yeah. i know you hate it but i know you're not the biggest fan i anymore. i, I, don't I look i don't hate it
1: i just i don't I, I don't know I I just I, it's not my thing but all right boy oh boy was there some drama this weekend this is gonna get I I told you before this is gonna be an incredible show just because soap opera there's so many things that we have to talk about and dissect so coming up top of hour number two at about noon okay um the shop which is LeBron's HBO show is. That aired, and he finally reacted to Magic stepping down from the Lakers, and I think it changes everything. I think it changes the perception of the whole situation completely. That's coming up hour number two. Later part of hour number two, I'm going to give the top ten most exciting athletes, the most interesting college football players to watch next year that are going to be eligible for the draft. So the top ten most interesting NFL prospects for next year's draft is coming up in hour number two. I want to dive into this Tyree Kill situation. That's coming up later part, hour number three at about 1.30, uh, so you're not going to want to miss that as well. But here's where I want to start off with this. Boy, there's a lot of Kevin Durant today. Um, so Kendrick Perkins uh, showed up on a bunch of different networks yesterday. He showed up, uh, not yesterday, but last week. Uh, he was talking about uh, he went on FS1, he went on Undisputed, he went on The Jump for uh, for ESPN, he went on a bunch of these different shows, um, and he was talking about how KD and Kyrie Irving have do- been doing a lot of talking about their free agency uh, next summer, and, well, I guess it's not next summer, but it's this summer, and he says, the only thing that I can possibly see is... KD and Kyrie Irving going to New York. That's really the only place that I think that if they wanted to make that work, that's the place that they'd have to go. He could only see them joining the Knicks. So, here's where I come away with this. Okay, a lot of NBA players, a lot of great NBA players, want a career of their own. You know, they don't. They don't want to live in another player's shadow. You know, for example, like 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 Kobe Kobe Bryant forever wanted to be better than Michael, but could never get out from under Michael, right? Kobe played essentially the same brand of basketball Michael did, but Michael did just about everything better, right? So, same thing with LeBron. Forever he wanted and still does want to be se- uh want to be better than Michael but he hasn't separated himself from Michael in most people's eyes he hasn't done that yet right he hasn't won enough titles right he might be more he might be more skilled than Michael Jordan but um but he hasn't surpassed Michael on the greatness scale he's still kind of living underneath Michael Jordan you know sports illustrated published a feature story 6 years ago on Kevin Durant the key focus to that story was, I'm tired of being second. Second best player in high school, second pick in the draft, second in the MVP voting three times, lost in the NBA Finals in 2013 with OKC, he finished second that season. The truth is, Kevin Durant has always been second since he's come into the league. Always. Always. Second best player to LeBron until maybe this year in some people's eyes. Not in mine, but in an, some people's eyes, yes.
2: I mean, you could say the last two, three years, the NBA Finals MVP. Is- I'm sure
1: if you yes, ask some people, yes, but I, I feel like I feel like for the majority of pe- people are are sort of looking at KD now, I, and I think that some people at least are looking at KD now as the league's best player. Um, look, KD's been in the league for twelve years. Okay. And he hasn't been able to get out of LeBron's shadow. Durant's never been able to have his own career. Look, we're in the media, myself included, we're all guilty of playing the comparison game. We're all guilty of that, right? KD has always been compared to LeBron, and he's never eclipsed him. It's just that sort of dynamic in that relationship.
2: Everybody gets compared to somebody. I mean, Tom Brady gets compared to Joe Montana. Uh, Pat Mahomes gets compared to Brett Favre. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, we get uh, Pete Alonzo is getting compared to Mark McGuire. You know, everybody gets. We always everybody, have, everybody com- gets compared to somebody.
1: Right, and we're all we're all guilty of it. You and I do it. We we uh, we all do it. Look, it was only until he went to Golden State where not only did he win a title, but he became first at something. Right. I mean, the, he won that one MVP. Right in Oklahoma City, but then, you know, everybody kind of fa- you know figured that he was going to win it anyway. But that question came of if he was ever going to win. And he finally became first at something when he went to Golden State. He finally became first, teaming up with Steph and Clay and Draymond and now Boogie. Kevin Durant is now the best player on the best team in professional sports maybe even professional sports history, okay? Now, KD could very possibly go to New York, okay, become the next next great player. Truthfully, if he did go to New York, he'd be the greatest player to ever don that uniform. He would be, okay? As soon as he, just like I believe that LeBron is the greatest player to ever don a Laker uni, he's not the best Laker ever, but he's the best player to have played for the Lakers. Kevin Durant would be the best player to have played for the Knicks. But going to New York is exactly what Kevin doesn't want, even if he doesn't know it yet.
2: And yes, actually, today is the anniversary of the five-year anniversary of when he accepted his MVP. Mm-hmm. So this is this the you know, this this is the anniversary. I mentioned that to you pregame, um, right. pre pre show. That I think this was, I believe this was the 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 anniversary of when he won right it. and it right. an accepted speech
1: right. So every star reaches a point where they want more, right? KD, now that he's got titles under his belt, wants more. You know, we're kind of assuming that. Do, Do we all remember who wanted more last year? Do we all remember who wanted more last year? Remember when the rumors came out about LeBron going to the Lakers? A lot of people didn't buy it. Why would he go? He's got titles. He loves Cleveland. He might not ever go to the finals again if he goes to the Lakers. And then he did. Now, the verdict is still out on whether that'll work out or not, but as of right now, it looks pretty ill-advised. Had a pretty bad season in Los Angeles. Not necessarily to him. He didn't have a bad statistical season, but his team didn't win, didn't make the playoffs for the first time in 15 years for LeBron, right? If Kevin Durant leaves a dynasty like Golden State For Madison Square Garden He'd be following in LeBron's shadow once again Kevin Durant would go back to being second There will come a time when he realizes that And the decision will be to stay in Golden State You know, Kevin wanted to be first so badly so why would he give it up so quickly? You know, I never understood why you know we were looking at Kevin Durant saying, "Oh, it would be so smart for him to go to the Knicks." Okay, the Knicks haven't been relevant and and I know I I know that this is somewhat of an exaggeration because they weren't always completely irrelevant for this sort of span. But I always say that they've been irrelevant for more than 40 years. They haven't won a title since 1973. Okay? The, the New York Knicks have been a laughable franchise for almost 50 years. They haven't done an ounce of winning.
2: It's a franchise and, that's below 500 just a career, you know, all-time. All time, all-time they are
1: below 500. All-time the Knicks are a below 500 winning team. Look, I don't understand why KD would be applauded by going to New York. Why it would be a good decision? Because it's now the, we,
2: It's the it's Madison Square Guard Because again, it's Madison Square Garden. It's uh-huh. New York. And again, he would. Kevin Durant right. would take over New York City. Forget Aaron Judge. Absolutely. Forget Jacob Degrom. Forget Eli Manning. Forget Sam Donald. Forget Henrik Lundqvist. All he these New York. He'd ta- right. He he'd would be, be the, the biggest star guy. He'd it's be spe- the
1: biggest star in New York. Absolutely.
2: No he'd be the guy. He you know, he would be the one with the billboards all over Kevin the city. Kevin
1: Durant and Aaron Judge would be doing commercials together, and that would just oh, be yeah. that. I mean, like,
2: and I, but I would argue, I would argue, if especially if the Knicks win, he take he tops Aaron Judge because the Knicks have oh, not sure. won for he
1: probably tops Aaron Judge anyway. But that's exactly my point. Is all of that included? Yeah, if he wins, you know, if this go, if this happens, right? If to be honest with you, we're all locking down Zion going to the Knicks. That's if the Knicks get the number 1 overall pick. We well, don't we'll even know out. if they We don't even know if they're getting the number 1 overall pick. So let's slow down on the Knicks for a minute. Well, we're going to find okay. out when's the
2: lottery again? Next week. Is it next week? Yeah, next May 14th. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's next week. Yeah, yeah, it's next week. Wow. So here's my issue with this. And again, I'm just saying Kevin Durant can choose to go to New York. But don't don't you think that if he goes to New York, it is virtually exactly the same as LeBron going to Los Angeles?
2: I could argue it's worse because he's going to a worse situation with a worse organization and a worse owner.
1: Right. It's it's worse. Right. Exactly. And and to be honest with you, but the Lakers maybe it won. is maybe it isn't because the Lakers have proved to be pretty dysfunctional in themselves. But but the Lakers I'll, I'll have even...
2: but the Lakers have a glorious past. The Knicks don't.
1: They have well, okay. Recent past, you're, pass, I should you're say. right. They they have a glorious past, and they've done a ton of winning in their in their in their franchise's history. But again, LeBron, when he was thinking about going to Los Angeles, right? When he went to Los Angeles, everybody bashed him for going to Los Angeles just because. Oh, he's not going to do any winning there. Or he's not going to. Uh, he's not going to surpass Jordan. He'll never go to the finals again. He got absolutely bashed for because it was looked at as a non-basketball move. I
2: mean, that, t- okay? sh- that T-shirt Kevin right Durant... a shirt right there. I always say it. He yeah, I know. You San wanted Antonio.
1: him to go to San Antonio. And I
2: love that T-shirt. I need a T-shirt. Like that.
1: I, I love this shirt. <laughs> but Kevin Durant goes to New York, or it, the idea of Kevin Durant going to New York, it's absolutely what he should do. Absolutely what he should do. You realize that... Even from both perspectives, from an outsider's perspective and from Kevin Durant's perspective personally, it is a bad move either way. Kevin Durant, if he goes to the Knicks, is not winning another title. Kevin Durant, if he goes to the Knicks, needs a lot of things to go his way in order for him to have success there.
2: Now you mentioned Kendrick okay. Perkins was just on.
1: like LeBron. Kevin Durant is basing his, would be basing his arrival in New York based on who else would be coming, and LeBron did the same thing with Los Angeles. He joined the Lakers organization assuming that he was going to be able to pull different superstars to play with him. So far. It doesn't seem like anybody's interested. And it might not even be LeBron's fault. It's just nobody wants to go play for the Lakers. Anthony Davis might not want to go play for the Lakers. Klay Thompson might not want to go play for the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard might not want to go play for the Lakers. I mean, you're looking at so many guys that have the option of going to Los Angeles and playing with LeBron and the Lakers, and they're just opting not to. What if the same thing happens to Kevin Durant if he goes to New York? I get that it's... Bright Lights, City Never Sleeps, Madison Square Garden. You know, a quote-unquote historic franchise for some god-awful reason. But what uh, what happens if Kyrie Irving chooses to stay in Boston? Or what if Kyrie Irving decides to go play with the Lakers with LeBron? Right? What happens if the Knicks don't get the number 1 overall pick and they settle for a guy like R.J. Barrett with I mean, number 2 a, or number 3? still a heck of a pick. Oh, R.J. Barrett is still he's he's,
2: a You can't like R.J. Barrett's a better prospect than Zion.
1: No, you can't. No, I you think can. you can. No, you can't. No, you As can. an overall NBA well, talent, it, I think you could. We no, you can't I no you can't. You absolutely Zion has separated himself from everybody else. RJ Barrett's still gonna be a very good NBA player, but he's not gonna be a franchise altering guy, right? He's your he's gonna be Andrew Wiggins. You know, I mean? he's gonna be a he, I don't he might know about that. he might average close to twenty and play decent defense, but he'll be he's that sort of prospect. He is not Zion. Zion will take your franchise and absolutely mold it into something that it's never been. But that's exactly my issue, is all of the things that Kevin Durant would need to go to the Knicks, is he's basing it off of things that need to go his way. And think about it from his personal standpoint. He just came out with a quote, man, this is when this stuff gets fun, man. This stuff is fun. Playing this time of the year... You know, with these guys, I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my career. If you're having the most fun you've ever had in your career, and look, I I want full disclosure, I hope he leaves because I think it'll make the league more interesting if he leaves. It'll take some dominance away from Golden State. But why would he? The guy never sees a double team. He's the best player on the best team in professional sports history. Look, why would you? He's winning and winning and winning, and he's going to win again this year. He's going to win three straight titles with Golden State, and more than likely, he's going to win three straight finals MVPs. Why would he go? He's going to get paid. It's not a money thing. Why would you leave a situation like Golden State to take a chance in New York? And then, honestly, if it doesn't go right, get ridiculed for the rest of your career just like LeBron will be if it doesn't.
2: Oh, listen, I agree. You'd be
1: following in LeBron's shoes again. You would then again. You're finally first in a lot of people's eyes. Why would you go back to being second? Makes no sense.
2: I agree that he should stay and he should stay in goal and stay and just, just, just keep winning there. Make your legacy there. But at the same time, he gets people like Kendrick Perkins, who appeared on The Jump last month. Maybe you saw this one last month, and he says this. I'm really close friends with KD. I mean, we talked on the red, but we never talked about
0: that. In uh, Golden State, uh, he won a couple rings, and it's always going to be Steph's team. team. Uh, I think now it's time for KD to move on and for it, for it to be Kevin's team. You know, I know they got KDs so they can get over the hump. And win titles, but now I think it's complicated. To move on, so he can have his own franchise without you know all the uh, other distractions or whatever. I, get, I,
2: get I mean, that's kind of that's what see that it's it's his peers and it's writers I hear that he hears and it's current players who say dumb. This is not your team.
1: Mm-hmm. And but we, who cares? And, uh,
2: but you're right. Who cares? He cares. Yeah. Kevin cares. He wants his own team. As much as we both think he but should still thing, stays, is right he wants his now, own team
1: right now. It looks like it is his team.
2: But it, no but, but that's not what people think. That's not what they say. They see the team they say it's Steph's
1: team. I actually that's Steph disagree. I think the media is more looking at the Warriors now as KD's team. I, I especially this year that's what I'm saying is this year we've seen him in a lot of people's eyes Eclipse LeBron as as the league's best player. And we've kind of seen him, especially... Kevin, there are a lot of people that are saying Kevin Durant's playing his best basketball right now. And I can't really disagree. Okay, he's playing unbelievable basketball right now. He's absolutely carrying them in the postseason. I don't know. I think it could be looked at that way as well. But okay, here we go. Uh, coming up next, you know, there's... A, a, Again, we keep talking about this. KD versus LeBron. Who is the league's best player now? I'm going to tell you who it is, and I'm going to tell you why. Next. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to The Haystack Show On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network
1: And welcome back Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network Good to have you in I'm Mike Guido, he's Evan Mazza, my producer Good to have you in here on a Monday uh, Later part of hour number one Uh, Okay, so uh, Look, I've been I actually watched the NBA playoffs this weekend Surprising? Yes, (gasps) absolutely What? Um, You care? Look, I, I I will admit this, okay? I I've been on record saying that the NBA has become an incredibly boring league, um. But I did watch Game Three of that Portland Denver series, the game that went into quadruple overtime. Wow, that, that was, was fun. whoo boy! That was an amazing basketball game, and I've and I've already said this as well. Um, one hundred percent, the best part of that game was when Rodney Hood checked in. Oh my god. There was just a different energy when Rodney Hood checked into that uh into that basketball game. Anyway, let's get into this. So the Warriors they lost game 3 to the Rockets overtime 126-121 final score. Um very interesting game. Uh the Warriors kind of gave up in the last you know, 15 or 16 seconds of the game or something like that. Steph Curry, uh, after Steph Curry missed the dunk, they just kind of called it quits. They were down five and they didn't even bother fouling. They didn't do anything. They just kind of walked off and let the Rockets have it. So, um, which was very interesting to me. I didn't think that the Warriors would be a team to do that. Um But, and to me, I've honestly, I've never even seen it before. But that's really not the point. Here, here it is. They said, okay. see you,
2: they said see you tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Look, I talk about it often. Some players are great. And then there are players that are everything. If you're a great player, you make your team better than they would be without you. Right? If you're an everything player, your team's success is based almost solely on you. You know, the hot topic for most talk shows is finding reasons to, um, I guess, finding reasons for Kevin Durant to be the new best player in the league over LeBron, right? We just talked about it before. Better shooter, better scorer, he's a seven-footer, he's winning more, all that stuff. Sometimes in sports, you need to take into account how much a certain player matters to a team. Look, KD went to a team that won 73 games in 2016, and they won six less games with him. They won two titles. Uh, Look, I'm not going to take anything away. They won two titles, and they're probably going to win another one this year. But that's exactly it. He made them better than they were. Right? Kevin Durant is a great player. He's a great player. Not an everything player. That's why LeBron is still king. LeBron is a need, not a luxury. Well, Kevin Durant, something that I've noticed, in this series alone, Kevin Durant is the third most valuable player to their team in this series. Steph Curry and James Harden both hold more value than KD. The Warriors narrowly beat the Rockets in the first two games of the se- uh, in the first two games of the series with KD dropping thirty five and twenty nine. Steph Curry played poorly and Harden shot thirty eight percent from the field, and the Warriors narrowly beat the Rockets in the first two games. How many points did KD drop in Game Three, where they lost to the Rockets in overtime? I could pull it up right now. Kevin Durant dropped 46 points in Game 3 in Houston. You know why they lost? Because Steph Curry scored 17. Steph Curry shot 7 of 23. He shot 2 of 9 from 3. James Harden dropped 41. 14 of 32. 5 of 13 from 3. Look, he dropped a lot. 14 of 32 the guy missed 18 shots He gave away 18 possessions The guy's playing with one eye Look all I have to say is this Okay Kevin Durant Is a guy that the Warriors Really like to have He's not a guy that they need The Rockets need Harden to be successful. They need him to be... Look, the the Rockets don't even need James Harden to be successful. They need James Harden to be inhumane on a basketball court in order for them to win. Right? If James Harden is not dropping 36, 40 points a night, the Rockets don't win... They don't win. They're not. Their roster is not that great. They don't have great size. They don't have a ton of great shooters. They've got one really great scorer and one really good facilitator, and that one great scorer just carries them to wherever they are. That is literally it for the Houston Rockets. They need James Harden to be incredible. They don't need him to be good. They need him to be incredible for them to win. Okay? The Warriors without Steph are half as good as they are with him. The numbers prove it. They're at about 500 when Steph Curry doesn't play. The, without Kevin Durant, they don't miss a beat. Steph Curry has more value to the Warriors than Kevin Durant does. LeBron instantly makes... Whatever team he's on, a title contender, even if they were the worst team in the league the year prior, Cleveland. Okay? Steph, James, and LeBron are everything players. They are everything players. Go back in history. Bill Russell was an everything player. Okay? Larry Bird was an everything player. Michael Jordan was... Was an everything player. When you have the most value. On your team. And your team cannot. Win at the same level that you do. uh, That they can without you. Then you are an everything player. Giannis is an everything player. Kevin Durant's a great player. Now. Now. Here's my fair comparison here. Okay, KD, you could make the argument. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't even really argue against you because he probably has reached this point. Okay, Kevin Durant is probably the most skilled player in the league. He's a great rebounder. He's a great defender. He's the most dominant scorer in the league. He's the best player on his team. Like I said, he is the best player on the best team in sports history. That doesn't mean he's the most valuable. Okay? Think about it. The Warriors went 73-9 and without Kevin Durant and lost in the finals to who? LeBron James. So what did they do to get them over the hump of LeBron James? A team that won seven that went 73 and 9, arguably the greatest team ever, ever, could not beat LeBron James in the finals. And they brought in Kevin Durant to get past one guy. You're telling me the guy that they brought in to beat LeBron James is better than LeBron James? If he was better than LeBron James, then how come KD couldn't ever beat him before? It's not like KD is just entering his prime. okay? When KD and LeBron met in the finals, when Kevin Durant was in Oklahoma City, you got to remember, Kevin Durant had two superstars next to him, too, with Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant was already a six year veteran in the NBA. Got drafted in 07. He's been in the league for 12 years, guys. Do you believe, honestly, that we are prepared to say that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA?
2: If he wins three three straight championships, it might be hard to argue. It's like what'd you say about Tom Brady? That's when Tom Brady you say you keep saying about Brady that it gets harder and harder to say he's not the best you, say, you yeah. think you think Pete Mang is the best quarterback of all time. Right. But even you admitted that it's getting harder not to say Tom Brady, especially when he won five and yeah. six. Especially yeah, right. when he won six. Well, because I, think he, uh,
1: it's, uh, I it's less about him winning a lot of Super Bowls. It's more about him playing like he's thirty when he's forty two. Like that, that is really what's making it hard for me because he's doing things at such a uh, in an advanced I'll say advanced an advanced age that I just it's getting so hard to say uh, well because Peyton Manning broke down at thirty seven like you know what I, so it's getting really hard for me to say that Peyton's better than Brady just because. I, on top of Brady winning so much, he's doing so well at such an older age. It's just it's getting hard that way.
2: I th- but I I also think it's the same way for for Durant and LeBron. I still think LeBron's the best, but it's getting harder, especially if Durant goes out there and wins a third straight title, and then say he goes somewhere else and wins again.
1: Look, you know, I think that the time. Look, I, I'm not going to say that the time will never come. Okay, the time will come when Kevin Durant. Is better than LeBron James. But if LeBron's game hasn't really diminished. And if. Kevin Durant's game. Hasn't really. You know taken a big leap forward. Because it really hasn't. I mean if you look at you know numbers wise. Kevin Durant averaged the same amount of points he did last year. He averaged less rebounds. He averaged uh, like a, a half an assist more. So Kevin Durant really hasn't changed much from this year and last year it's just he's he's lighting up the postseason right now that's why everybody's getting all excited about it but if LeBron really hasn't taken a step back then how has Kevin Durant eclipsed him in that aspect yeah Kevin Durant's winning and I always say this basketball and football and baseball and everything I, I talk about it less with baseball because I think most people realize it. But especially in football and in basketball, they are team sports. Right? I mean, Kevin Durant is not winning titles because he's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is winning titles because on top of the fact that he's Kevin Durant, he's Kevin Durant that plays with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. That is why he's winning titles. And yes, he is finals MVP, but that does not mean he's the most valuable player on their team. Like I've said, LeBron James is everything to wherever he goes, right? His first seven years in Cleveland, he was the only good player on their team. Went to the finals once and got swept, but missed the playoffs one time his rookie year, right? He goes to Miami, clearly the most valuable player in Miami for four years. Four years back in Cleveland, clearly the most valuable player in Cleveland.
2: I mean, Dwayne Wade did pretty much say, "Hey, LeBron, it's okay, it's your team." You know, that, but that's that what's But in Golden State, it is still Steph's team. Right. Well, Miami, well, that's what I'm Miami, saying. Is, in Miami, you know, and I hear you, and I hear you. I agree with you. Said,
1: I agree with you that it's still Steph's team. I think a lot of people now think that it's KD's team now. I think they're wrong because I, I, Steph Curry to me holds more value to the Warriors than anybody, right? If And there are legitimate statistics to show it. They're about a 500 team when Steph Curry doesn't play. What does that tell you about Steph Curry? Steph Curry is the Golden State Warriors. And look, Steph Curry is not playing well in the playoffs. They're up 2-1 on the Rockets right now but by a hair. And the reason that is is because James Harden's shooting 38% on the series. James Harden's playing isn't playing well either in the series. So you're seeing a lot of things go KD's way right now. And I got nothing against KD. I think KD, if you ask me right now, I'd feel comfortable saying that he's the second best player in the NBA. He is. Because there are some things that he can do that just are unreal. But I could also make the case that KD is barely top five because think about it, you've got players that are not only putting together great statistical seasons, but you're seeing players that hold every little bit of value to them and their team's success, right? Steph, you can make the argument that he's better. James Harden, you can make the argument that he's better. The Greek Freak, you can make the argument that he's better. Are Giannis going to win MVP. Giannis, I think, should win MVP. But you get to those points where, you know— players that hold a lot of value. A lot of value. You can you I think you can safely say and have a legitimate argument to is KD actually better than those guys or is he benefiting from what he's with? Giannis doesn't benefit from being on the Bucks. Giannis carries the Bucks. James Harden with the Rockets. James Harden carries the Houston Rockets. And Steph Curry, if you want to make the argument here, like I've said, most valuable player on their team, without question. And now you're looking at, okay, LeBron, if he plays, they're awful, they're one of the worst teams. I'm sorry, if he plays, they're immediately a title contender. If he doesn't play, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Kevin Durant doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. When Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, the, the Thunder still made the playoffs. But the Thunder been, still advanced in a series. I, I mean,
2: but they've been bounced out what two years in a row now in the first round. I, well, this look, doesn't help. The, that doesn't help. That doesn't help Westbrook. If that goes to Westbrook, that goes to Westbrook, and that doesn't help his case.
1: You're right. You're right. But that's the thing: is it's not like they went from winning titles in Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant. To not winning titles without him. They went a round or two further in the playoffs with Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant made them better. But he wasn't everything. And that's what Kevin Durant's been his whole career. He is a great, great, great player. But he isn't everything. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, actually, I want to get, I want to get, I know we to go to break, but I want to get your quick thoughts on, whoa, just is a quick 30-second clip on of, of Adrian Wojnowski about the Warriors on get up uh, this morning.
1: Okay. Well, they're certainly operating under that hope because yeah. it changes the the whole dynamic in the league and team building. And uh, a lot of teams have, have been kind of waiting out this Warriors era. But if Kevin Durant leaves this team, well, it opens the league up to a lot of teams who think they'll be able to start competing for championships again. But even internally in Golden State, there's a sense of, Let's try to put aside what's coming in July and we have a chance to do something very rare in sports to three threepeat. Let's try to keep our focus there win the title and then let July play out the way it's going to. But I think the Warriors are bracing for pos- possibly seismic change within that organization.
2: So I to me, to me, yeah, I think he's 100% right. The Warriors have to brace themselves. for what's to come in July? Mm-hmm. Yeah, try to win a title now, but also, be prepared to what's of what's coming because you still want to compete. You may lose Kevin Durant. You may very hey, you could lose Clay
1: Thompson. They're still going comp- they to compete, KD, still still gonna compete. If they lose KD, they're still going to compete. If they lose KD, they're still going to compete because they're still going to have Steph. I'm assuming that Clay is going to go back because if they lose KD, they're going to give Klay the max. Right? They're, sure. They're going to give Clay the max. They're going to give Clay the max if KD leaves. And who knows? Maybe Boogie will stay, and you still got depth on that team. I mean, you know, what are you really losing? Draymond's still under contract. You go back to the team that you were without KD, which was still, you know, one of the best, if not the best team in the league. Like I said, KD's a luxury. He's not a need. All right. Coming up next. LeBron and his camp are... Taking over the Lakers. Taking them over. Well, what I heard yesterday changes everything. Coming up next, Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, hour number two, coming up right after this.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show with
1: Mike Guido. Mike Guido. And it is so good to have you here. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. IR Radio TuneIn Radio. Worldwide Facebook Live. Twitter. Periscope. Spotify. We're everywhere. You're in the right place. Number to call. Six three one six seven six two nine six eight. That is six three one six seven six two nine six eight. Calls up, join the conversation. By the way,
2: it happened to me again. I was at the I was at the supermarket the other day. Actually, mm. no, yeah, I was at the supermarket the other day. They asked for my phone number, and I almost did it. Really? Oh yeah, I was like, oh six three one six seven six, and they're like, oh, they're like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, oh, they're like, hold on a second, slow down. I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, I was like, oh, good thing they stopped me again because I was about to give them my number. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is weird.
1: Mike Guido, oh, bad. He's, he's Evan Mazza. Boy, oh boy. It's hour number two. Good to have you in here on a Monday. Beautiful Monday. Got to be honest with you. This show, I I knew... So far, I'm having a blast because I knew this show was going to be fun for me and I know that I'm probably going to get some pushback for what I'm saying today, right? Oh, what are you taking away from KD? What do you have against KD? I got nothing against KD. I, I don't. I really don't. I just... I think that people are kind of overblowing what he's doing right now. I think he's a great player, but he is not everything to the Warriors, and that doesn't make him better than LeBron. That's what I'm saying. Um, so, speaking of which, speaking of, so LeBron James, um, I'll say LeBron James and Lonzo Ball uh, reacted to Magic Johnson leaving the Lakers on LeBron's HBO show The Shop um he brings in a bunch of celebrities and players and and everything like that um, to just talk about things involving sports even outside of sports um so lebron and lonzo uh they finally reacted to magic johnson stepping down t- uh with the lakers uh so here's the here's the audio and it's actually a video so i apologize for uh for the audience i won't be able to see the video but it's very easy to find you can see it yourself um but here's the audio of lebron just, james and lonzo ball talking about magic little, johnson abruptly leaving the lakers
2: just a little warning there is some language there is some language <laughs> there is some language so here we go here's lebron lonzo
3: magic step down what was that? How process? did you find out? Yeah, what was that process I like? I through him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you talking about
3: Magic stepped down
0: through him. Yeah, it came locker Yeah, and fall. I found out from Randy. <laughs> Between my stretching session, my right hand comes to me and say, Ma- Magic just stepped down. And I'm like, man, get the fuck out of my face. You bullshit. <laughs> I go check my phone. I look at it. The shit happened. Personally for me, I came here to be a part of the Lakers organization, having a conversation with Magic. So it was just weird for him to just be like, nah, I'm out of here and not even have no like, hey, Brian, kiss my ass. I'm gone. It, it's not. It, it wasn't even that.
3: Yeah, but it was different for me. Like, like when I was, I was like, that shit crazy. <laughs> and
1: I took a minute. and I was like,
3: yo, cool, what we doing tonight? Like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, you see, see, this changes everything everything. Here's the problem when people make sporadic opinions. It really bites you when you're wrong. Really bites you when you're wrong. What have we heard lately about the Lakers? You know, LeBron's taking over. It's LeBron and Magic are are isolating everybody else. LeBron doesn't get along with his teammates. All of that stuff about LeBron. You know, one of LeBron's biggest critiques by lots of people is that he always seems like he's above everything, right? He, he's never just one of the guys. You know, LeBron, he's never just, you know, one of them. He's he's never assimilated into, into being a teammate. He's always been a a huge, huge superficial leader Or he's been just way even above that. LeBron's never been one of the guys. That's one of his biggest critiques, right? You know, after watching this video, and again, I apologize for our listeners that aren't seeing it along with us. After watching this video, doesn't it look like LeBron's just one of them? See doesn't it look like LeBron wasn't the isolator? He was one of the isolated. Look, I'm not saying LeBron doesn't have influence with his team's decisions. Okay? Or any influence on his team's decision-making process. I I'm not that naive, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. Every t- and you, we've heard so many different NBA people say this. Every team talks their be- talks to their best player or players about certain decisions. Everybody does. Look, Magic I think shed a light on this whole thing. The chemistry was broken from top to bottom, not the other way around. Look, this changes everything. You know, when you're seeing, when when I I don't even know who that was who originally asked the question, Lonzo points over to LeBron. He's like, I found out through him. And they're laughing, and LeBron's like, yeah, (laughs) he found out through me. He's like, I couldn't believe it either. Did it really look fake? Now, I understand what a lot of people are going to say, and I understand what people... When people say this, oh never 100% believe what you see from people that are in front of a camera. I I get that. Believe me, I get that. But at the very same time, don't you think this? Don't you think that out of that sort of circumstance does that really look like fake? Does real does does Lonzo look like he's kind of faking it towards LeBron? Uh, the f- <laughs> does LeBron kind of look like he's faking it towards Lonzo? Like, the episode was actually filmed on April eleventh,
2: two days after the press conference.
1: Uh huh. Right. But think about that. Does it look like it's fake? There. Look, LeBron's a guy that has received all sorts of criticism. For not being able to get along with his teammates, for breaking up the chemistry, for for doing all of these things that caused all this dysfunction within the Laker organization, right? Him and Magic, they, they were the big culprits of, and primarily LeBron and his group and Clutch Sports and everything like that, Rich Paul, uh, Maverick Carter, all of these guys in his circle caused all of this drama within Los Angeles. But doesn't this kind of shake your head a little bit? this kind of make you weary? I mean, if that really were the case, why would Lonzo be saying, hey, I found out through this guy? <laughs> kind of like, like, we both couldn't believe this. Look, the truth of the matter is, I think LeBron is automatically kind of an unfair target for the media, myself included. You know, I've done it before. Okay, I look at certain LeBron situations. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't look good. But what you have to kind of recognize what our job is as the media. Our media is not. Our job as the media is not to cover sports. And Evan would agree with me hundred percent. Our job in the media is to primarily create narratives, right? We create narratives so it generates stories. And those stories we talk about here. Just because we generate and create a narrative does not mean that it is the correct one. Look, I'd love to say, I'd absolutely love to say that everything that i read about lebron is true everything that i read about anything else is true it's just not the case it's not the way the world works in anything not even just sports nothing
2: here is uh, a <clears throat> here's a little different uh the other side of the coin this is seth greenberg giving his opinion on it and he uh this is seth greenberg on getup giving his opinion on it kind of looking at the other side of the coin here that mike's brother uh... Phone call no, I don't think so. Wait, is he I don't know. Yeah, I know he's, he's a college basketball analyst. Oh, okay. Oh, Seth. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely not Mike. I was about to say. I don't definitely think not. No, Seth Green, I got you. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah, older. Yeah. For Why a older? second, I missed who he was. But yeah, Seth Green, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so
2: he gives his opinion. On it's kind of the other side of the coin.
1: Whether he deserves a phone call or not, he deserves a phone uh, call. Well, I well, just listen to That's Magic Johnson. You got a problem with Magic Johnson? You don't go to HBO on your show and blow up Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is the Lakers. What you do is you know what? You pick up the phone and say, Magic. I came here because of you. Together we had a vision of what this wanted to be. You didn't need to go on your show and blow up Magic Johnson. And also, by the way, and also by the way, take Lonzo Ball, who by the way you were trying to trade a couple months ago. All right, take Lonzo Ball and include him because if you heard Lonzo Ball's comments after LeBron, he just reeled him in. It's another example of I understand LeBron being upset, but he's in the, it, he didn't make the playoffs this year. Magic Johnson's won championships. His statues in the front of the Staples Center. You handled that, differently. That. Magic Johnson oh, you used to see Jay Williams when he Johnson first saw.
2: He's like, you used to see Jay Williams when he's Jay Williams is there with Mike Greenberg oh, in the middle. Come on, Jay Williams is like this. <laughs> come
1: on, I. Look.
2: But I do appreciate I, I, Seth I, I, re- I
1: really like Seth. I actually I've never I've never talked to him before. I've never met him or, or anything of that nature. But you know, I, w- whenever I hear Seth, I actually really like what he has to say. He's a very insightful guy. He is way off the mark I on this get, one. Well, there's way w- off the mark. One thing I agree with him is this. Don't go on the shop and do that. Oh, I disagree completely. I mean, yeah, but they, talk to him. Don't 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 Look, go on Look, Magic the was the guy that broadcasted and abruptly left the Lakers without telling anybody. I understand. It's not LeBron's problem. Like, how many times do you think LeBron's been asked about it since then? I mean, he did... Well, hold on a minute. He filmed that
2: segment two days two days after the press conference. Right, okay. That was filmed so, two days after. This wasn't like a month or a week okay. or like yesterday.
1: Right, but not, live. not the point. Not the point. How many times since then do you think he's been asked about it? I'm sure a lot. A million how many times has he spoken anything about it? Because what happens? You kind of have to look at it both ways. What happens if LeBron says nothing? What happens if LeBron says nothing? We criticize him for not saying anything about
2: it. I don't th- See, I, don't, I disagree with that one because because it wasn't under LeBron's control.
1: Magic literally said, I'm done. Is, uh, with us, right, you don't think that the media would start conspir- uh uh, start, you know, uh, conspiring about um, maybe LeBron knew no. or anything like, like no. that inner circle thing. No. You don't think that that would have no. came back? No, I don't know. No. I think you're wrong. This on was that one. done.
2: This was died. We disagree. This was this was magic done. But see, that's the point. Done.
1: But see, the one thing that think... Seth dismisses is that he's like. You know, um, then he brings in Lonzo Ball, who, by the way, he was trying to trade a couple of months ago. Well, that's he's totally dismissing the actual situation that's presented in that video right there. Look, I, I, LeBron may have wa- explored or may have wanted to trade Lonzo Ball to get Anthony Davis. Look, if you were anybody, Evan, if you were anybody, would you want? Would you trade Lonzo Ball for Anthony Davis? Yes. Duh. Thank you look but if, I kind of if understand, Lonzo but... was pissed at LeBron for wanting to trade him and he was yeah you know, he broke up the chemistry first of all why would he look like that on the shop and second of all why would he go on the shop why? Look, but, Lonzo is a darling in the media now because he's kind of separated from Big Ball or Brand. He's kind of, you know, taking himself under his own manhood and everything like that, right? He's kind of separated from his father from a business perspective. Everybody is in on Lonzo Ball now. Just because, listen, if LeBron was, tra- it's it
2: goes back to the godfather, okay? And this is, I know, I know, Evan Mazza talking about the godfather. I know, I know. Weird. Don Mazza. Uh, Don Mazza, I know, weird, right? It's not like I love the movie or anything. It's not like LeBron—Lonzo LeBron, LeBron, being on the shop means nothing, okay? Lonzo being on the shop doesn't mean that, like, LeBron hates the guy. LeBron and Lonzo are friends. LeBron went to Lakers because he wanted to play with Lonzo, but it's not personal. It's just business. LeBron wanted Anthony Davis, and if there was any chance he was going to Anthony Davis and he had to trade Lonzo, he was going to do it. He was going to Just because Lonzo was on the shop doesn't mean LeBron didn't want to trade him. I'm just saying, because it's business. It's personal. It's not personal. It's just
1: business. That's how it is. That's how it always will be. Right. Exactly. So so, what, so that's my point. He, both is, of you, to me, both of you are argu- right. But the argument then becomes, okay, if you're separating business from personal, then how could the fact that if LeBron wanted to trade Lonzo Ball and some of these young guys, how could that affect chemistry if it's just business? You know what I mean? Like, if the young guys understand that, right, and I'm sure that they do. Okay, because I don't think the team chemistry was broken. I just think they weren't playing well. Mike, you you once said a few weeks ago that you didn't bring me
2: in. You didn't you didn't want me as a to the show because you fully liked me. You felt you did it because you could trust me. Right. If you found,
3: I mean, I do you, like you, but oh, you I know and, I know you, you do. Know what I'm I know saying. you do. But
2: you but that's these are your words, not mine. No, you I, said that. I get it. But I get it. you but if you fa- if you thought I was doing if you thought I was doing a cruddy job and just because and just because we're friends even though we're friends and you and you felt that you you saw someone on any net or on anywhere else and you said oh yeah he could definitely do a better job than Evan it's not personal it's just business you bring him in and you sit him right here in the seat you do that because that's how you feel to make the show better because sure. it's because it's exactly and that's what LeBron, we're still friends and that's what lebron and that's what lebron was to lonzo and i i think to me to me both you and Seth Greenberg are right Seth's right because yeah, LeBron was trying to trade Lonzo, but you're right because Lonzo Lonzo had LeBron on the show, so there was no friction.
1: You're both right <laughs> in a way. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I'm saying is I don't think that the, the friction that was reported and um I guess brought up by the media, again, myself included, was overblown. You know, like uh, things change in sports, right? Over time, things change. So we're going to look at a situation, just because it happened a certain way a month ago does not mean that it's, you know, based on the things that we learned, does not mean that that thing will change later. You know what I mean? I've done it a million times on this show. My opinion shifts all the time based on what I learned from that day by day, week to week, whatever. Because sports are cyclical. They change. Okay. okay. But, like I said. Very glad I learned that word from you, by the way.
2: First time I ever heard that word was you.
1: This situation, I think, is now forever going to be shifted. Okay? What happened to LeBron not getting along with his teammates? Because we see it right there. It wasn't LeBron causing the dysfunction I think this opens the door to the thought of maybe it started up top. And maybe that's why Magic left. Okay. Coming cyclical. up next. Cyclical. You like that word? I love it. It's a real solid word. Really solid. Word. Cyclical. All right. Uh, Coming up next, I'm going to give you, you know, we just had the NFL draft last week. Uh, Seriously, my favorite time of year is the NFL draft. I'm going to give you the top 10 most interesting college football uh, NFL prospects for next year's draft. This is way early, but these are the guys that I'm going to be looking for next season. I got a hint for you. There's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks on this list. That's coming next.
2: quarterback heavy draft next year.
1: Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: And welcome back. This is the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Good to have you in here on a Monday, later part of hour number two. So, uh, look, I've done a lot of. I did a lot of NBA today. I really did. I, I did a lot did. of I think you did. I did a lot of NBA today. I think, I think you covered it all. You think so? You think <laughs> I did? Oh boy. I don't know. Who Maybe. do you got
2: tonight, by the way, for Golden State for Golden State Houston? Come on.
1: What? Houston won
2: the other night in Houston, I'm just saying. Just asking.
1: Yeah. Houston won the other night. <sighs> Say what? You want to flip a? Coin? Oh, I'm wow. gonna say.
2: You know, I was. Oh, uh, you know. Yeah, gonna, here we go. I got a coin.
1: Here, I'm gonna take Golden State. All right, hold on. We're gonna do a coin flip.
2: Coin flip. Heads or tails. Just for you or for me? Both of us. So. Oh. All right. Whoever heads, heads will be Golden State. Tails will be Houston. Who are you do? Who are you gonna? I think it's
1: gonna be Golden State. So heads. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'll go tails for the heck of it.
1: And tails. Oh, so Houston's automatically winning tonight. Houston's winning. I right, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna take Golden State, and I think Steph Curry's gonna break out. I think Steph Curry's gonna drop at least thirty tonight. 30, yeah, no. I agree. I think Steph will very well. I think Steph is gonna drop thirty tonight. But I'll but. stick
2: by the coin and say Houston wins. The coin says otherwise.
1: Okay, so here we go. Uh, I'm gonna give you, you know, because we just had the NFL draft. I'm gonna give you the top ten most. Interesting college football prospects that are going to be entering next year's NFL draft. The top 10 most interesting NFL prospects for next year. All right, here we go. Whoa. You're God, welcome. Am I reading off a list or am I going to battle? You're welcome. Uh, all right. Number 10, um, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. 6'2", 189 pounds. Uh, Played all 14 games last year as a sophomore. 65 catches, about a um, little over 1,100 yards. Caught 11 touchdowns last year from Kyler Murray, which is really interesting because Marquise Brown was on the field as well, and he was getting a majority of it. C.D. Lamb's a really nice wide receiver. He's a fast kid. Um... But he's a pure wide receiver. He's not going to be used as a guy that's out of the backfield. C.D. Lamb, I think, is a guy that you should look out for. He's number 10. Uh, And, again, I want to see how he does uh, in a Lincoln-Riley offense with a new quarterback. Because think about it like this. Freshman year, he played with Baker Mayfield. Sophomore uh, sophomore year, he played with Kyler Murray. Both those guys went number one overall. I want to see if he's going to work well with another Oklahoma quarterback. That's going to be an interesting story to watch. So, C.D. Lamb... Out of Oklahoma The wide receiver is number 10 uh, Number 9 I am going to go With Grant Delpit The safety out of LSU I think this kid is incredibly good um, Based on what I've seen uh, He's a turnover machine He had 5 interceptions last year uh, He had 5 sacks Last year as well So we can get into the backfield This kid to me And again LSU is kind of DBU you know, with defensive backs, they are—they produce defensive backs Grady Williams, like crazy. Greedy Williams, Jamal Adams. Greedy Williams, Jamal Adams. They create a ton of different, uh, a ton of uh, of defensive backs. This kid, I think, is going to be a special safety. 6'3", 203 pounds. I think this kid's going to be Jamal Adams. Seriously, this kid, I think, is as good, or maybe even better, than Jamal Adams. He is incredibly, incredibly good. Now, again, we don't know much about this kid, but watch out for him. DBU Grant Delpit safety out of LSU this kid I think could be really good Uh, all right so here comes my first quarterback and I'm a little I'm less intrigued about him than I am about some of the other guys even though this guy's a big guy really highly touted high school recruit um, but he did lose his job so uh, what I'm gonna say is uh, it's gonna be interesting what he does here in the Pac-12 I'm gonna take Jacob Eason the quarterback out of Washington he was formerly with Georgia played Alton, played 13 games as a true freshman, was their starting quarterback uh, as a true freshman, and then lost his job to Jake Fromm the pre- uh, the uh, the previous year. So he's entering into his uh, his senior year now. I got to be honest with you. I This kid could be very good, very highly recruited out of high school. He's got a lot of strengths. This kid's got a really good arm, big, great size. Jacob Eason can really play 6'6", 227 pounds. He can definitely sling it. So, I want to see how he does in the Pac-12. He didn't play last year at Washington. I want to see how he does taking over for Jake Browning um, and taking over that offense. Jacob Eason, I think, could be a very good player. Just, he's going to be a player you got to watch in the Pac-12. He's not going to be playing incredible competition, uh, and he's not going to have a ton of great talent around him, at least on the offensive side. So, Jacob Eason is a guy that I think you should look out for number seven gonna try and get this name right even though i'm pretty good at that 6'5, 255 pound tight end out of missouri i'm gonna go with albert oh i think this kid you have to look at him because he's so damn big and i know right here he's listed at six five i think the kid's more like six seven six eight this is a big guy this is a really big guy um 466 yards last year on 43 catches Uh, As a sophomore, had six touchdowns last year, uh, catching passes from Drew Locke. Uh, As a freshman, get this, 29 catches, uh, 415 yards, caught 11 touchdowns as a freshman. This kid can really do it. Um, He's an amazing red zone threat. I think he's one of the more intriguing prospects in college football next year, just because he's a big tight end. And in the NFL, we're seeing a lot of those guys go a lot earlier. O.J. Howard, T.J. Hawkinson, Noah Fant. We're seeing a lot of those guys go earlier. Albert and I think, could be one of those guys that goes a little bit earlier in the draft to a tight end needy team. Maybe Dallas, something around that nature. This is a kid I'm gonna be watching. 6'5", 255 pound tight end. Kid's a beast. Albert Okugmanem is number seven. All right, number six, just outside of the top ten, I'm going to go with Chase Young. Chase Young, the D, uh, defensive end, the pass rusher out of Ohio State, 6'5", 265 pounds. God, it's, it, doesn't it seem like every year Ohio State's got a great pass rusher coming out of the draft? Every year. This
2: but kid. They, you say the LSU is DBU? Ohio State's essentially pass front, rusher you. front
1: seven pass rusher You Right. Um, and maybe wide receiver you. Um, no, wide receiver two, Yeah. As That's a right. sophomore last year, running back, 13 games, had 14 and a half tackles for loss, had nine and a half sacks last year as a sophomore. This kid can really produce. He play. He's played his entire career at Ohio State. Uh, once they lost Nick Bosa, he was really the guy that needed to step up. Um, and like I, this kid is just a physical freak. 6'5", 265 pounds. He'll probably be the first pass rusher taken next year, I'm assuming. Um, But again, very early. Chase Young, I think, is probably considered the best defensive player in the draft. Um, So it'll be interesting what happens with him. Chase Young, I think, could be a steal for a team based on what I've seen from him in the previous years. Again, we still have to see what he does this year. But Chase Young, a big, fast pass rusher, going at number six. Uh, All right, number five. And this is where I think... This is where the list gets a little bit more exciting for me. Because I love offensive players. I do. Just a spoiler alert, every player from here on out is an offensive guy. Number five to me is Jerry Judy, wide receiver Alabama. This kid I've heard, 6'1", 192 pounds, caught for over 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns last year in Alabama. This kid, is outproducing every wide receiver in college by a lot he just is this kid is incredibly good and i'll tell you this there are some and i know it like i said very early we're only a week separated from the nfl draft this year there are some nfl draft guys that have jerry judy as their number one overall player not even just wide receiver number one overall player well, tom mcshay has him in his top five um
2: Go into the Cardinals You know who
1: uh, You know who he's compared to A lot that I've heard Jerry Judy No Odell Oh Odell I've heard Odell a lot He's got a lot of Odell in him So this kid's gonna be Interesting to watch Um, And And again We're gonna get into his Quarterback in a little bit But Jerry Judy He's obviously gonna have Two attack of Iloa Throwing to him But I'll tell you what Jerry Judy Is gonna be a player To watch out for This kid's got great hands He's got great Um You know, down the field speed. He's a good route runner. I think he's one of the better route runners that we've seen in a long time. Jerry Judy out of Alabama, the wide receiver, uh, is at number five. All right. This is a guy that does not get a lot of press, but I think this kid is going to be... Forget about one of the better running backs in college football. I think this kid's going to be one of the best players in college football, and I think he's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. This kid, I think, is going to be special at running back. Special. There is something different about this kid. I think he's – and people are going to call me crazy. I think he's a better prospect than Zeke. I think he's a better prospect than Todd Gurley. I think he was a better prospect than guys like Nick Chubb or Sony Michelle or – um, I think he was a better prospect than Melvin Gordon. I talk recent guys coming out of the draft. I think that you can make the argument that he is the best running back uh, coming out of the draft in a long time. I'll even go ahead and say that I think he could be a better prospect than Saquon Barkley. I, this kid, I think, is incredibly good. Ran for over tw- uh, ran for almost twenty two hundred yards last year. Th- ran for sixteen touchdowns. Sixteen. 16 touchdowns, 2,200 yards last year. The guy averaged seven yards a carry. I mean, seriously, in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is legit in college football. 5'11", 221, he's not overly big, but Jonathan Taylor's got speed, elusiveness, he's got power in his game, he can run between the tackles, he's great in open space. I'm not sure if he'll be much of a pass catcher but Jonathan Taylor, I think, would be the real deal in the NFL. He's number four for most interesting players. All right. Now here's the run on quarterbacks. Number three to me is Jake Fromm out of Georgia. This might I have a feeling that 6'2", 220, he is not overly big. But this quarterback out of Georgia, I have a feeling, Evan, this is going to be my... Number one overall quarterback when it's all said and oh, done. Big Mikey loves him. Big Mikey loves him. Jake Fromm to me, I think, is the real deal. This kid can really play. Uh, Threw for almost 2,800 yards last year, through 30 touchdowns, six picks, had a 67.5% completion percentage. This kid can really play. He's good, accurate with the football. He's gotten better uh, since he became the starter as a freshman. Again, you're looking at guys. That this is a guy that took uh, this is the guy that took over for Jacob Eason, and Eason was supposed to be legit. They actually let Eason go because of Jake Fromm. This kid, I think, is legit. I think he's got a great arm, great accuracy, and he's smart. This is a smart football player. Jake Fromm, the quarterback out of Georgia, is at number three. Now here's a guy whose name you haven't heard in a while, but you've heard it re- semi-recently, going into his fourth season at Oregon. Let's go with Justin Herbert. I think this kid is going to be box office. 6'6", 233 pounds. Justin Herbert's a big guy, well, he and he's a, got a big arm. He was the consensus number one pick before he decided to go back to Oregon. Correct. Right. He's got to improve his accuracy. That's one thing that I will say. He did not have a good season last year as far as accuracy. 59.5% completion percentage. They're for 29 touchdowns, 8 picks. But I'll tell you something. The one thing that this kid has is heart. I love the fact that he returned to Oregon because he wanted another chance for a national championship. I love that about this kid. And this kid, you're right. He probably would have been the consensus number one overall pick. Absolutely would have been the number one quarterback in the draft without a question. Now he's going into a much more loaded quarterback class. Actually, could possibly hurt him. Could be. But I love the fact that he stayed. Shows that he's got heart. It shows that he cares about football. Uh, Justin Herbert I think is going to be a really interesting player to watch He is at number two And everybody knows where I'm going with this one Number one is Tua Tagovailoa The quarterback out of Alabama 6-1, 218, Finished second in the Heisman uh, last year Threw for almost 4,000 yards 43 touchdowns, 6 interceptions I think he was the second best overall college football player last year um, Aside from Kyler Murray And I think, again, Tua in an Alabama system, he's gonna flourish a little bit, but the guy completes 69% of his passes. I mean, this kid is really accurate with the football. I have a feeling that he will probably end up being the number one overall pick next year, even if I don't agree with it. The kid's still gonna be a very good NFL player. Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama, is at number one, and again, watch this year. That's gonna be the best pairing to watch is, is Tua Tagovailoa and Jerry Judy That's gonna be something to watch next year in college football. So way too early, the top 10 most interesting college football NFL prospects for the 2020 NFL Draft. Again, way too early, but these are the guys that I'm looking for next season. I'll probably do another one of these when it gets closer to the season. But just to recap for you, CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma at number 10. Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU at number nine. Jacob Eason, the quarterback out of Washington, at eight; Albert Okwugwuem, the tight end out of Missouri, at number seven; and Chase Young, the defensive end out of Ohio State, at number six. And again, top five: Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama, at number five; Jonathan Taylor, the running back out of Wisconsin, is at number four; Jake Fromm, quarterback, Georgia, at three; Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon, at number uh, number two; and then Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama is at number one i know it's way too early evan but what do you think just just based on i'm not even talking about these are going to be one of the, some of the best guys these are going to be the guys that i'm watching, You're these watching. are watching these are the guys that i think are going to be the most interesting to watch heading into next year's draft what do you think i think i think
2: justin herbert is actually the one i'm most looking forward to watching because it's a, it, I agree with the whole... I agree with, hey, going back to Oregon, he wants to try to win there. I agree with that. But you also mentioned how his stock kind of plummeted now because now he's in a pretty strong quarterback class compared to the class that really wasn't all that strong this year, and he could have easily gone number one. But I wouldn't say that it plummeted. I think it could hurt him. But it could really hurt him if he struggles this year. Right, right. And all of a sudden he goes from consensus number one pick to possibly, you know, below. For male um, goes deeper into the first round. Maybe he goes, and maybe he gets out of the first round. Well, no, yeah, you know, we won't know. It is, like you said, it's way too early. But Herbert's de- Herbert is the guy that is not only, I understand, I love the fact that he's staying in college, but he's the guy out of all of them, out of all your quarterbacks, and out of all the college players, to me, that's under the most pressure. He's under the most pressure. He has to go out there and perform. And then it was concerned that Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold came back last, finished for his final season, and was kind of up and down. You know, it's, you know despite the fact that he went number, number three. Number three overall. He though. did. He did because people love what he brings to the table, and the fact that, as a quarterback prospect, he was the best quarterback into that draft. For the long haul, he was probably the best one. Uh, but Justin Herbert – but for Justin Herbert, you kind of hope, you kind of hope, you know, it uh-huh. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt him. I mean, it did. It, I know different maybe you could say it's a different prospect but look at Matt Liner. It hurt Matt Liner when he came back for his senior year.
1: No, you don't, you're you're you don't right want to about hurt that. Him.
2: You know so Herbert's under the most pressure to go out there, perform and he's got to outplay Tua Tiger, Viola and other guys and Jake Fromm and even Trevor Lawrence. You know, I even Trevor Lawrence. I know Trevor Lawrence probably won't come out come out of the draft this year. Right. But he's got to outperform even him. So there's a lot of pressure on Herbert to go out there and show that he's still next year in a tougher quarterback class, the mm-hmm. best quarterback out on in uh, going into the draft. So there's still a lot of pressure on him. Tua I think Tua is gonna knock out of the park though. Tua I think is gonna have a heck of a year. You they're know gonna contend for they're gonna contend for a national championship. They're gonna possibly be in the national title game again. I, I have no concern at all about Tua. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence too Jerry Judy I'm looking at uh, Jerry Judy I think Could very well be A top three Top two pick But the thing is though With wide receivers People are now Kind of be, Teams are now Being more cautious On wide receivers Now They're not taking them Top ten Top five They're just not doing that Not, not these days I know Mike Williams What was it John Ross And uh, Co- Corey Davis
1: Got taken Corey in the, Davis, Corey they, Davis all, all got they all went In the top ten They all
2: went In the top ten you could argue—I know Corey Davis had a nice year last year, but you could argue right now one of them has only worked out, Mike Williams. John Ross is, Even
1: Mike Williams, you can say that he yeah, struggled. Sure. Mike Williams last year broke out a little bit. And so did Corey Davis, a little bit. Uh-huh. But I always thought that Mike Williams was going to be special. at sure. That kid—if uh, you watched Mike Williams in college, he was the best— Wide receiver prospect oh, yeah. I've ever seen. But teams I'm are, serious. Mike Williams was ridiculous.
2: Oh, yeah. But teams are being more cautious now. Wide receivers taking them in the top five, top ten. I mean, there wasn't a wide. The first wide receiver taken off the board this year's draft, I believe, was Hollywood? Yeah,
1: it was Hollywood. Was Brown. Hollywood Brown
2: at 22? 25. Uh, t- no, 22.
1: No, the but, Ravens traded
2: back. That's right. They did. They did. I forgot. The Ravens traded back. That's right. you Because fr- the I Eagles forgot stole Dillard from the Texans. That's right. That's right. I forgot that they, The Ravens trading back. Gee, I'm shocked. You're right. They did. But still, 25. So. You know, these guys. You know, so these receivers are kind of not really amongst amongst these teams, not really upper tier amongst these teams these days. But Jerry Judy is Jerry Judy. I think could be a guy that goes in the top five. Maybe he's an exception. So we'll see. But Justin Herbert's a guy that has he has to go out there and play well next year. They he has to. Uh uh-huh. So and get the completion percentage up because I think I like Herbert a lot. I think Herbert could be special. And I honestly think that, man, he could have been. He would really have looked really nice in an NFL uniform this upcoming season. Cardinals, Dolphins, Bengals, wherever. I thought he Raiders. I thought he could have looked really, Giants. really nice. Giants of the Giants, of course, with the top pick for everybody. He could have looked real nice in that How uniform nice this year. How nice would that have
1: been if the Giants ended up with Justin Herbert instead of Daniel Jones?
2: Oh, uh, I think Giants. Giant. The Giants fan base would have Giants left that Giants fans like would have State. loved
1: it. Loved it. They would have left that I left would State. even. I would even say this, and we're gonna go to break right after this, but. Justin Herbert, I think, would have had a chance to win the starting job. Justin Herbert over think, Eli. Over Eli. I think uh, Justin Herbert. I think would have been so impressive in camp that they would have just said, "You know what, our future's now." But I we're think gonna, we're going to start the Giants in that
2: situation. Though might have might have just said, "You know what? Even with Herbert, I think they still would have done the same thing that they're going to do with Daniel Jones." Maybe they would. But have. just, said, I, just what's I think the rush? would have had a chance. What's I, the rush? Let's try to compete with Eli Manning if we can. And next year, 2020, that's when Herbert or Daniel Jones are now now will will start this thing off. You're right. I just think, you know, you know, what if Justin Herbert does, you know, what if Justin Herbert succeeds, and Giants fans are just like, oh my gosh, this guy skipped out on this year, and now he's gonna rip up the league for 10, 15 years, and yeah, you know, and then you just gotta hope Daniel Jones doesn't bust. And I like, you know what, I hope he doesn't, because Daniel Jones has already taken a lot of criticism from everybody. So, and Daniel Jones apparently had a nice rookie minicamp, so that's great for him. I'm happy for him. So, I hope Daniel Jones performs well because if 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 Justin Herbert, Dwayne Haskins, and Sam Darnold all have all have good careers, and J- Daniel Jones busts, the Giants fans, one well, you the Giants fan base will not let the Giants hear uh hear about it for years and years. They will not let them not not leave them alone. The fact that you pass on Sam Darnold, that's a home run. You pass on Sam Darnold. You pass on Dwayne Haskins and you just missed out and you missed out on Herbert by a year. You know, you rushed to Daniel Jones and you couldn't wait for Herbert for a year, you know. The Giant fan base will not never ever let the Giants organization not know about it. Right. Never. They will remind them every single day and the New York media will remind them about it every single day. Who hit that
1: home run by the way for the Reds? Nick Senzel. Oh, Senzel. That kid's going to be a special hitter. The
2: Reds are weird this year. Their pitching, is, their pitching is surprisingly pretty good. It's the offense that's surprisingly kind of slumping. It's weird. Well, they the just released
1: Matt Kemp. Oh, did they release they, Matt Kemp? They just released Matt Kemp. I didn't see that this morning. Was it this morning? No, they released him two days ago. Wow, was two days ago? it was two days ago? Yeah, they released Matt wow, Kemp two days ago. I didn't even see that. Didn't even DFA him. Released him. Wow. But I didn't even
2: see that. That's, anyway. That's new to me.
1: All right. Coming up next, hour number three. Wow. I'm going to give you the real reason why I don't think Kevin Durant's going to go to the Knicks. The real reason, and he might not even know it yet. That's coming up next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents The, 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 the Haystack, Haystack Stack Show, Show. Yo. with Mike
1: Guido. Our number three. Here we go. This is the haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com, Facebook Live, Twitter, Periscope, Spotify. We're everywhere. You're in the right place. Number to call, 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. Call us up. Join the conversation. I'm Mike Guido. He's Evan Mazza, my producer. Good to have you in. Here on this beautiful Monday. Absolutely, uh, it really is. It's, God, gore- it's gorgeous. I can't wait to get home and just chill in the sun, chill in the sun, and eat delicious Uncle Giuseppe's food, stuff like that. Oh, but You God. got chicken parm, you said? Oh, yeah. Oh. Let me tell you something, Evan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend, very much so. It wasn't the pre made ones, it was actually cooked. We got chicken cutlets from the market there. And my fiance made it with their with the Uncle Giuseppe's marinara and cheese and stuff. Yeah. Oh boy, delicious. Oh boy, that they, they have butter my backside and call me biscuit. I swear, man. They have such good rice balls,
2: Giuseppe's. They have great rice balls. They do.
1: They do. They've got great pizza. They really you know got they, great they pizza. do,
2: but I rarely ever get their pizza. They I rarely ever get their pizza. I know they have great pizza. I just
1: rarely get it. I haven't had it in years, but I I remember they had great pizza. Okay. Hour number three, we've had a great show today. First two hours, smashing success. Absolutely great. Gave you the top ten most exciting NFL draft prospects for next year's draft. Again, way too early to be judging this type of stuff, but that's what we do here in in sports radio. We do crazy crap like that. Um, So here's where this gets interesting. So Kendrick Perkins went on a bunch of different networks uh, last week. ESPN, he went on the jump with Rachel Nichols. Um, He went on Undisputed on FS1 with Skip and Shannon. Uh, He talked to Colin Cowherd last week. Uh, And it was very interesting what he brought up because he said that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they've been talking a lot about what they're going to do in free agency, and... He said the only combination that he can possibly see is them going to the Knicks. That's the only possible way that they could do this. Um, now, I think it's very interesting that, uh, that that is the way that it is, but here's really where, you know, I, here's really what I took away from this. You know, a, lo- a lot of great NBA players want to have their own career. Right, they want to have a career of their own. They, they don't want to live in another player's shadow. Okay, for example, like Kobe Bryant, you know, always wanted to be better than Michael, but he, he could never get out from under Michael. You know, Kobe played essentially the same brand of basketball that Michael did, but Michael just about did everything better. You know, same thing with LeBron. Forever he wanted and still does. Want to be better than Michael, but he hasn't, in most people's eyes, separated himself from Michael Jordan. He just hasn't. Okay, he hasn't won enough. for, you know, he's got the skill to do it. He just hasn't won enough championships or or something around that nature. They can't get from out they can't get out from underneath Michael. Sports Illustrated published a feature story six years ago on Kevin Durant. You know, the key focus to that story was, I'm tired of being second. Second best player in high school. Second pick in the draft. Second in the MVP voting. Three times. Lost in the finals in 2013 in Oklahoma City. You know, finished in second place that season. The truth is, Kevin Durant has always been second. Since he's come into the league. Second best player to LeBron until maybe this year in some people's eyes. Right, Some people find it that Kevin Durant has eclipsed LeBron James. Now. This year. But for the most part, he's been second to LeBron his whole career. You know, KD's been in the league for 12 years. And he hasn't been able to get out of LeBron's shadow. He just hasn't. Durant's never been able to have his own career. You know, we in the media, myself included, are guilty of playing the comparison game. We all do it, right? I do it, Evan does it. Any show that you listen to, any writer that you read, anybody plays the comparison game. You're always comparing one player to another, regardless of who it is. You know, from guys like as great as Kevin Durant to guys as mediocre as Lance Stevenson, you are literally comparing players to other players. We're all guilty of it. KD has always been compared to LeBron, and he's never eclipsed him. Possibly until now. You know, it was only until he went to Golden State where not only did he win a title, but he he finally became first at something. Right. I know he won that MVP in Oklahoma City. Everybody knew that he was going to win an MVP. Everybody knew that at some point in his career he was going to win an MVP. It's too good. Right? And the NBA, when it comes to MVP awards, they're kinda they kinda get sporadic at certain points because, you know, that I'll even admit this, I just I don't like Kobe Bryant that much, but there's absolutely no reason why Steve Nash should have won it over him in that one year. You know, Russell Westbrook won an MVP because he averaged a triple-double. He averaged the triple-double the two following seasons. He's not going to win MVP for those. They, they kind of get sporadic for that, but everybody knew that Kevin Durant was going to win MVP eventually. Now he's on top of the world because he won a title. Teaming up with Steph and Clay and Draymond and now Boogie, Kevin Durant is now the best player on the best team in professional sports maybe even professional sports history. Now, KD could very possibly go to New York, become the Knicks' next great player. He very well could. Truthfully, if he did go to New York, if he did go to the Knicks, he'd be the greatest player to ever don that uniform. Period. Point blank. You know, just like I believe LeBron James is the greatest player to ever don a Laker uniform doesn't mean that he's the greatest Laker ever, But he's the greatest player to have played for the Lakers. Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks. He would be the greatest player to have played for the Knicks. Not the greatest Nick ever, but the greatest player to have played for the Knicks. But going to New York is exactly what Kevin doesn't want, even if he doesn't know it yet. Every star reaches a point where they want more. KD, we're assuming KD, now that he's got a, t- a couple of titles under his belt, wants more. Do we all remember who wanted more last year? Remember when the rumors came out about LeBron going to the Lakers? A lot of people didn't buy it. Why would he go? Right? Uh, why would LeBron go to the Lakers? He's got titles, he loves Cleveland. He might not ever go to the finals again. And then he did. He did go to the Lakers. I remember exactly where I was when he signed. I was driving. I was dri- I was actually... I remember I took my my sister's old car. My sister used to drive. And actually, it used to actually be my car as well. There was a lot of passing down in my family. I was driving my... 2007 Saab 93 convertible In the summer To my fiance's house in East Hampton And I got the notification on my phone That LeBron signed a four year contract with the Lakers And my phone blew up Because my friends were texting me Dude I'm so sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry I can't believe he went to the Lakers A lot of people didn't buy it The guy had no reason to go Now, the verdict is still out on whether that'll work out or not, but as as of right now, it looks pretty ill-advised. LeBron going to the Lakers. Look, if Kevin Durant leaves a dynasty like Golden State for Madison Square Garden, he'd be following in LeBron's shadow once again. Okay, he doesn't want... To go to New York He may think he does But he doesn't want to go to New York Kevin Durant would go back To being second Right He would just go back to being second What he would do He would simply Think about it like this LeBron, LeBron got criticized for going to the Lakers Because it was looked at As a non-basketball decision he may never go to the finals again. Now he's definitely never going to eclipse Jordan, right? What happens? Golden State wins another title this year. Kevin Durant wins finals MVP for the third straight year. KD's got three titles. He goes to New York and he never wins a title again. That's my point. Kevin Durant goes to the New York Knicks. His, his title hopes are over. They're over. Everything has to go right for KD in order for that to work out. First of all, the Knicks have to get the number one overall pick in the draft next week. They have to get Zion. They got to get Zion. But not only do they have to get Zion, the front office has to make every move possible. They have to get Kyrie Irving. They probably have to get another guy. They got to get... They need to get another superstar or two to join Kevin Durant in New York for them to have any sort of success. Am I right? I mean, think about it. LeBron went to the Lakers assuming that he was going to be able to pull free agents to go play with him. Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Boogie Cousins, anybody. Clay Thompson. And right now it looks like it's biting him in the rear end. Because not a lot of players seem interested. And this is a much more historic franchise than the New York Knicks, those Lakers. A lot more patterns of winning. LeBron's a lot easier to play with. Gets everybody else involved. He makes other players better. Who wouldn't want to play with LeBron? I know exactly why they wouldn't want to play with LeBron. Because it's not that they don't want to play with LeBron. It's because they don't want to play for the Lakers. Klay Thompson doesn't seem interested. Okay? Jimmy Butler doesn't look like it's going to happen. Lakers were almost certain to get Paul George last year and he ended up staying in Oklahoma City. That's a lot of people. That left a lot of people shocked. uh, Shocked a ton of people. Look, Kevin Durant... There will come a time when he realizes There will become a time where he realizes all of this And the decision will be to stay in Golden State Kevin wanted to be first so badly So why would he give it up so quickly? In a lot of people's eyes Kevin is finally first Why would he go back to being second? It just doesn't make sense. All right. Coming up, to wrap it up, I want to dive in to this Tyreek Hill situation. Okay, it's a touchy subject, but I'm going to try and tackle it anyway. You're not going to want to miss it. There was a lot of reporting done on this And I think it's a lot more confusing than what we once initially thought. But I'm going to tell you why any possible outcome we get out of this is a loss for everyone. That's coming up next. Hey, Stack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. you're you're, you're listening to the haystack show on the worldwide sports radio network
1: and welcome back haystack worldwide sports radio network i'm mike guido he's evan mazza my producer big mikey Rifkin, the producer of chalk talk joining us for (laughs) the final segment of this amazing show (laughs) right mike
3: Absolutely. That's right. That's that How are you, my right friend? There. I
1: haven't seen you in a while.
3: I'm, do, doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing?
1: We're solid. We're yeah. solid. All right, so uh, touchy subject. We've had a great show today. Again, uh, past two and a half hours of the show, I think it been dynamite. Uh, a lot of Kevin Durant today. There was a lot of stuff uh, that I had to break down on Kevin Durant, so you're going to want to see that. Gave you the top ten most interesting NFL draft prospects for next year. It's way too early, but I did it anyway. <laughs> Jake um, Fromm
2: is there too. Your boy Jake
1: Fromm. Jake Fromm was three for me. I, I think I'm more interested in Herbert and Tua than him.
3: I, that, that's fine. Yeah.
2: I never got your opinion on what you think of Josh Rosen to the Dolphins. What do you think of the Dolphins getting Josh Rosen? Uh,
3: listen, it's high, low risk, high reward. They're not paying him anything. I thought it was. Gave up a
1: second round pick gave for a, him.
3: Give up a low second round pick and a fifth round pick for a guy who is a top 10 pick. Oh, last I thought you got year. a fifth
1: round pick back.
3: We got that from New Orleans in the original trade with New Orleans. Oh, okay. And then they sent a, a fifth-round pick next year to Arizona with a second for Rosen.
1: All right, gotcha. All right. So I want to touch on this Tyree Kill situation. Um, and uh, the, uh, there's a uh, one reporter who is on this story, uh, a senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, Therese Paler. um He has been all over the story, and I think it's, um, he tweeted something out a few days ago that I think really makes this story a lot more interesting than we all had initially thought, Um, so bear with me. I'm going to read his thread. So it says, in Tyreek Hill's denial letter to the NFL, and if you're not familiar with the situation, uh, Tyreek Hill was accused by his fiance for uh, physically abusing his, uh, his young son. Um, and then Tyreek Hill and his defense attorney sent a letter to the NFL uh, basically denying the allegations and also saying um, uh, saying this in this letter. So in Tyreek Hill's denial letter to the NFL, Hill asserts that the second recording and second report by his fiancée were made during a time when the parties were considering separation and there was a discussion about a custody battle. What's more, the letter attempts... To directly rebut portions of the secret audio conversation between the two that was recorded in a Dubai airport and released by a television news station last week. For example, in the audio recording, Espinal, uh, repeatedly accused, Hill. Espinal is uh, Tyreek Hill's fiancé, who was suspended from the team shortly after the tape was aired of breaking their son's arm. Hill's response in the uh, in the letter through his attorney, it says, quote, and as has been reported, that investigation was closed with nothing about the injury to suggest it was anything but an accident. Again, Tyreek has repeatedly denied harming their son, end quote. The letter also asserts that Hill's fiance has been the principal disciplinarian for their son and includes the following text exchange. This text coming from Tyreek Uh, Crystal you know I didn't cause any bruising or harm to our son But for some reason I still may be charged And then Crystal Espinal says this in response I know you didn't, I did I hurt our son, I'm the one that did it I was hurt and mad at you so I blamed you for everything Hill also categorically denied punching his son in the chest or anywhere on his body, quote, in a mean-spirited manner or as a form of discipline. He also denied ever grabbing his son's arm and pulling them aside to strike him. Hill explained it this way, quote, There have been been occasions when Tyreek has tapped his son gently on the chest with his fingers while his son was crying and said, Man up, buddy, or don't cry, my man, the letter states. He has said that in a calm voice trying to redirect him. He's never used his fist. He certainly doesn't do it roughly. He is trying to calm his son down so he can stop crying. He is not hurting him or doing anything to make him cry more. Hill's attorney did not defend Hill when, uh, uh, defend when Hill said, you should be terrified of me too. Dumb B word. Um, that comment is inexcusable. Of course. And he wouldn't ask me to defend that here, the attorney writes. A source with knowledge of the investigation told Yahoo Sports that there's a belief among some close to the ordeal that the child abuse case against Hill was has not been actually reo- uh, reopened. Uh, and then it goes on uh, for more uh, information about the case. I don't want to keep going on this for too long. But here's really where I'm troubled with this look i I am a guy that is all about giving athletes second chances on certain things i'm I not even just athletes people okay If you make one mistake in your life, I do not think that it should ruin the entirety of the rest of your life, right? Tyree Kill has had a very troubled past this is also this was his second chance um going on his third chance it seems like. And automatically we were kind of writing it off as all right, he's never gonna play another down in the NFL. I'm now starting to believe that maybe Tyree Kill is and I and I don't want people to take this too far, I'm actually beginning to think that Tyree Kill might be a victim in this situation. And it's just simply because if that is true, if those text messages are true, which If they are in this letter and they have been confirmed, and um, I guess sources have, uh, Therese himself has said that um, the the court has been able to confirm those text messages. Mm -hmm. This is a very messy situation that we actually seemed like it's a lot more complex than I guess we initially thought. I... I told you before we went into break that no matter how you look at this, this is a lose-lose situation for everybody. And I don't just mean the people involved. I mean that everybody in general, okay? Let's just say, let's look at this in both ways. If Tyree Kill did in fact do this, okay, and uh, Crystal Espinal, his fiance, is actually telling the truth in this situation we have a much larger problem than we thought about athletes with troubled past playing in professional sports also in the terms of child abuse problems in just society we've got a much bigger issue there it's a it, there are issues all over the place in multiple different areas let's say Tyree Kill did not do this You know, and I tweeted this a while ago. It opens the door to a problem of false accusations based on mental instability. At least in a particular moment. And that, I think, is getting up there to be a pretty serious problem in itself because we see it a lot now as well. So I think regardless of how you look at this, I think that everybody loses. There is, not a, there is not a positive outcome that comes out of this. Tyree Kill might be able to save his career if this is not true, and that's all great and fine for him. He could probably play in the NFL again and have no problems and everything like that. Understood. That isn't really the point here. There is a much bigger picture to the point of if Tyree Kill actually didn't do this, We are now, I guess, shedding a light on a completely different problem of false accusations based on emotions.
3: And people's past.
1: Right. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of open the floor on this. Um, And I know that not a lot of people are going to like what I have to say about this, but At least from what I've seen, and this is not me making an assumption, this is me making an observation based on what I've seen in certain particular cases, not just in sports but in real life. It kind of is hurting the case of believe whoever you want to believe, and I think it's actually hurting women in that respect, because if more women are making false accusations... The women that are making accurate accusations now become less credible. And I think that's a problem in itself as well. I'm going to open the floor here. Mike, what do you think?
3: Oh, Let me start with the Tyree Hill portion of this and say whether it's he gets another chance or whatnot. You can't put yourself in that predicament. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if she's just going to put the blame on him and he has nothing to do with it, that's, so we, I think the larger issue on his point was how are, we, we saw how the Chiefs handled it by suspending him from team activities. Mm-hmm. Right. How is the league going to handle this? You know, well, that's I, always the big that, question. That's always the major question when it comes to a superstar player. How does the league handle it? To your point on what it means for women, it does undermine the whole perspective of – People who are telling the truth, because this is such a this is such a major case because it's a major athlete and a major sport
1: and a major problem and a yeah.
3: major problem where, listen, nobody is condoning violence against children. Nobody's condoning violence against women. There comes a point, though, where there are going to be certain people not one of I am not one of them, I don't think you are either, who are going to say, oh, that, that guy was accused. Oh, he was accused earlier, but nothing happened, so why should I believe it this time? You, you, you get what I'm saying? No,
1: I, I am a guy that believes that just because you are not, there were not charges pressed against you does not mean that you are innocent. I am, right. not, I am not one of those guys because I've seen it so many different times. Exactly. And, it's certain. Like, you know what I love most in in cases like this, whether it's domestic violence or even as serious as murder or missing people or anything like that. My fiance's into true crime, so I see a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I love it when the person being accused of committing the crime, their first thing is, "Well, I was never charged or no charge. I, you know, I was I was never charged of this crime, so obviously I didn't do it." Right. The, no, it doesn't. No, <laughs> That's absolutely not the case. But
3: if the glove doesn't fit, acquit.
1: You must acquit. That's right. That was. Phew. Don't even get me started on OJ. But again, um, continue, Mike. I, I'm sorry about that. But... No,
3: no, no. You're you're fine. Listen, it's a major issue, not just in the NFL, but in every sport. It's a major issue in life. society. Yeah, mm. everywhere. Right. And people. Are not above the law. I don't care if you're an athlete. I don't care if you're a politician. I don't care who you are. Nobody is above the letter of the law. And if Tyree Kill or his fiance touched their child. And broke his arm. There has to be consequences that follow. Now if if it turns out that the text messages are true and she did it. And she wanted to point the finger at him because she was mad at him. Well, that's just wrong within itself, because there comes a point in time where there was a point in time where she would probably get the benefit of the doubt, and in a court or wherever, you know, he's away often for football and whatever. We don't know how you know much time he spends with mm-hmm. his child,
1: and, and I think it's because, it, and this is what I was saying before, because you're you're touching on something that I think is exactly right. If Let's say that, you know, uh, this isn't true and, you know, uh, uh, Espinal is just kind of, you know, putting it on him. Doesn't that kind of, again, you're kind of saying, all right, we as women can take advantage of the fact that men that are accused of crimes like this do not get shown sympathy here. They... It's kind of like, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, guys should get off for this. But Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is if there people are very, uh, I guess, inclined to jump to the immediate conclusion that that a guy committed the crime, if a if a woman accused him, Mm -hmm. do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. It's kind of like men wouldn't get a fair shot in a courtroom in a case like this right it, whether it's you know domestic violence or or but because believe me I've had uh, I've had instances where I literally needed to separate myself entirely from because entirely from a situation because there were women in my life that I knew would take advantage of that right it c- completely life altering
3: mm-hmm.
1: so do you think it's kind of like a, a that I think is a problem in itself. Do you think it's a problem that maybe this is kind of opening the door for more and more women to take advantage of that fact? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, I, I'm not sure, like I'm not trying to undermine truth tellers or anything like that. I'm right. really not. Mm-hmm. But the fact of false accusations is a legitimate problem in itself.
3: Right. My opinion has always been. Follow the law it's been innocent till proven guilty. Right. Unless there's clear substantial evidence. I hate to do this Evan, but Ray Rice.
1: Oh <laughs> well.
3: well no, yeah. no, no no. But but think about it. when you think of domestic violence in the NFL oh, that's Rice. the that's the first one. It's the first
2: one because mm-hmm. that's the first it's the first one it was the first one that was caught on video.
3: Exactly right.
1: that's
2: why. Right. It was the first one caught on video. Everyone saw it for the whole the whole world Sorry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all the other domestic violence charges i mean domestic violence was, is never a new thing in the nfl it's th- it 's it's been going on it for has been years going on ever and that's sad and that 's sad and disappointing but, and and <clears throat> once but when the video came out for ray rice that 's when everything took off, and the NFL handled it poorly. The, the Ravens, you, huh, the, huh. I'll never forget when the Ravens did the press conference with mm-hmm. Ray Rice and his fiance, and they literally gave his fiance, they literally gave her fiance like like index cards to, like say and like that made the Ravens look awful. You awful.
3: The, you said the key word, video, video. With, security cameras with yeah. video and social media and the outrage of what can happen TMZ over got situations. T M Z also got the Kareem Hunt.
0: That's right. That's right. So.
3: There are so many outlets for where people can come out to and say, oh, this person did this, and that person did that. It's a tough scenario for an individual. The stat, I don't want to say the stature. It's a tough place to be because we see it all the time now because people are going to say, okay, pro-athlete accused of domestic violence. Has to be true.
2: I mean, Greg Hardy literally literally threw what did what did he threw his girlfriend, threw his b- his girlfriend, girlfriend tub,
1: onto bu- a on a yeah, he, bed? He threw his girlfriend onto a bed that was covered in fully loaded automatic weapons. Uh,
2: uh, I mean, I mean that's too good. He, what are you doing? And how many chances that Greg Hardy got? forget about
1: forget about anything That's, that's prison. That, that, that really that is. I mean, my God. That is. And that is like one thing that I can't ever forgive the Dallas Cowboys for because how in the world, after that, do you think that he could be a leader on your football team? Yeah, serious. Like, like that's my point. And because these text messages are troubling to me, it's this makes it a lot more oh, yeah. complex. Because now you're looking at okay, it, these aren't text messages of you know that that say like um um this isn't like anything else of that nature either uh of like a denying nature or anything like that this was tyree kill saying you know that i did not hurt our son and crystal who's the woman accusing him says i know i did i i blamed everything on you because i was mad at you like that is like like i feel like if the right defense attorney got this into their hands they could throw this case out outright just from that, what about I mean, that is flat out. He like, would
3: have a case for.
1: Uh, and I'm not saying he didn't do anything, but that is enough to say, to, like, this isn't even worth trying to argue because she's basically admitting it herself.
2: I just go back to the audio, too, though. We, If we got text messages, we also got the audio recording. Oh, sure. We also have that, and that doesn't make Tyreek Kill look good. No, it doesn't make him look good at all. There discipline
3: part for that. At, right. Whether yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the league, there will be a discipline part for that. But if if he didn't hurt his kid, and she did, and I don't know if they're still engaged or what. what Tyreek Kill has a history mm-hmm. of domestic
2: violence. We talk about the rest of us. Tyreek Kill has a history of it when he, he was first going out. When he was going out with her right, in college, right, 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 apparently right. he he punched her in the stomach. That he's got a history. So again, we there's we need to we there's need to know a the fine
3: host. line. Yeah, and. We all know teams in the league do their due diligence on these things the one thing i would I would say about her is if she did hurt the son he might be able to file a suit and get sole custody if they're not together because that's so you know that that's something else that doesn't
1: you know the letter also does say from the defense attorney that um and all the times that um, Tyree Kill and uh, and the fiancé and their son have showed up together in the same room and everything like that during this case, um, the son absolutely adores Tyree Kill and his eyes light up and he runs towards him and everything like that. absolutely adores Tyree Kill as his father. Um, and again, it's... These are kind of... And I, again, this is a young boy, so it's got to be you know you could also take that into account of this is just a child with his you know i guess his his instincts towards his parents as an as a young boy but at the very same time it just leaves you thinking is and i get it because it's it's so hard for me to spit this sentence out just because it sounds so weird because of his past but like i said before you almost get the feeling that Tyree Kill is almost a victim in this situation. Because if he's now if he's now falling into, because think about it, it would be so easy for her to make a false accusation, and now that you've got proof, you almost got proof of that through text messages that have been confirmed by the court, I mean, how easy would it for, uh, for her to be, look, I can pin this on him, look at his past. Mm-hmm. I could, like, whose word are they going to take? The domestic abuser or poor little old me? Like, that's, say what you want about it. That is a reality, as uncomfortable as it makes people. That is a reality of the situation. Now, like I said, I am not drawing any immediate conclusions to this. Mm -hmm. I am simply saying we can't jump to any conclusions, especially now And my initial thought is, and again, not a final conclusion, but my initial thought to this whole thing is maybe Tyree Kill was thrown in a place that he didn't have to be in. That's what it looks like to me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, it's a very interesting story. Um, And, again, we're going to have to wait for more information to come out. We'll wonder what... Uh, the league does. I, Tyreek Hill, I'm certain, will be disciplined by the league I just mean, for the audio that was released, and absolutely and in deservedly audio, so. In that
2: audio, Tyreek goes, You need to be terrified of me. Again, to her, a person he has a history with of hurting. Uh huh.
1: You need to be right. terrified of no, me because you dumb B word. There, there's absolutely some evidence against him as so well. We need to get to the um, bottom of it, and, pretty much. You're right. Absolutely. And there's got to be. Um, Again, I I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play another NFL down, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if he faced maybe a minimum suspension for the audio, and then that would be it. And to be honest with you, I don't know at this point if I could disagree with any decision that the NFL made. I really don't know. You know, if they said, look, we are not bringing him back, I'm not sure I'd disagree with that. And if they said, all right, we're going to suspend him for four games – I'm not sure I could disagree with that either. I just, I there's so much messiness around this case. There is no definitive answer here. I can't draw a conclusion to the point of what the right decision is. I can only tell you what my initial reactions are to this, uh, are to this situation. But he doesn't. Right. How
2: about this? He doesn't play until we know for sure. You don't. It's not a suspension. It's more of a until we know well, that's what the heck happened, what's,
1: that's probably what you is will not. Happen.
2: Pl- you are barred, and we will not. We are not going until we get to the bottom of this. You're not going to play, and if it turns out you actually did assault her and uh, and uh, uh, and the kid, you assaulted the kid. You will never play here with us again.
1: Uh, uh, but absolutely, turn- but I. Th- but Evan, I think you're touching on something that I. Th- I think that's what's going to happen. He'll remain. Sure. On the commissioner's exempt list until that's what should happen until this thing gets resolved and he'll have to apply for reinstatement and everything like that and and look I have no problem with that I have absolutely no problem with that because like I said it's not like this guy's never done anything before mm-hmm. okay so again we'll see where this takes us <sighs> that's gonna do it for us chalk Talk up next I'm Mike Guido he's Evan Mazza my producer we'll see you peace.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the World Wide Sports Radio Network.